What's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of the All Time Podcast. As you know, we're counting down the top 100 rap albums, hip hop albums of all time. Last week was our first episode debut albums. We came through with America's Most Wanted by Ice Cube, The Chronic Dr. Dre, Doggy Style by Snoop, Nas's Illmatic, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music Outcast, Ready to Die Biggie. Reasonable Doubt Jay-Z, Capital Punishment, Big Pun, DMX, It's Dark, and Hell is Hot, and Most Deaf, Black on Both Sides. Solid list. Great start. And now we're jumping right into 10 great albums put out by groups. A really difficult list to do. We disagreed a lot on this one. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, back and forth. Uh, Take this off. Okay, let's re-listen to this album. Uh, Again, we discovered things listening to this uh listening to these albums uh and that's why i made the list i think the very first album is one of those albums that we went back to and said yeah this is actually as good as people say it is public enemy fear of a black planet that's the one 1990 um i think I, i don't think i've ever told you this but public enemy fear of a black planet is probably an album that I listened to when I first started getting into hip-hop uh, when I was in high school. Uh, I am not 50 years old. I did not listen to this when it came out in 1990. But uh, one of the first physical hip-hop albums I bought uh, because of listening to different tracks in video games, hearing it in movies, uh, hearing it on the radio, because this did play on the radio, uh, and specifically for the album cover that really stood out stood to out. me uh, and Flava Flav uh, as the persona he is um, and listening to this album this 20 track album uh, front to back a lot uh, and it really stood out to me uh, the production uh, the main songs in this uh, Fight the Power Welcome to the Terror Dome 911 is a joke if you look at the um just the praise that this album gets it did it, it was well received at the time like when you read back on it but even now what seems to strike as super appealing to this album is that okay when you talk about the best hip hop albums usually you'll get one public enemy album within the top 10 if it's not this it takes a nation but if you look at like a lot of lists that compile the best albums of all time and sometimes only the 100 best you'll often find this on there i find this like more of like a like you need to listen to it when you're older type album anything that gets a little political we could kind of agree the sound of the the sound that it has is very young and is easy to get into because it's very specific it stands out if you like it very young but understanding the theme and 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 grasping that and I mean last week we spoke about a few albums and maybe this is something that we um, could say is a reason why it's still like a relevant album is like we said about Black on Both Sides last week these are still topics that we tend to tackle and it's not the only album that we're going to talk about today that has those topics that we unfortunately still talk about when we thought we were moving forward but uh, something stand out also about this album is the production by the Bomb Squad. 
Yeah. Uh, we spoke about it last week. They produced America's Most Wanted. America's Most Wanted what by Ice Cube. Uh, their production, when you look at it versus what the subject matter is, mm-hmm. is their production is very happy, party, uh, upbeat versus what they're talking the about. It. Topics, yeah. Right? The, so it's a very easy album to listen to. Yeah. With having 20 tracks. Yeah. Uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, artists were putting out 20, 25 track albums. This is a, a very important album to listen to when you're listening to hip hop. Everyone should hear it at least once. Hip hop or not. You should hear it at least at once. At least once. Again, for the production, for the the subject matter, it, it's all there, and it's very important to the culture. What I like about um, Public Enemy and Public Enemy in general is that a lot of people that don't listen to hip-hop, one of the main reasons that often comes up is that it all sounds the same. Yep. Public Enemy doesn't sound the same to the rest of hip-hop. No. So if you're not into hip hop and you're like trying to find the gateway, this is a good gateway. Yeah. So let's get on to the next. Yeah, we were quick on that one. Um, next album on the list, I'm very excited about a group we spoke about last week. Not for a very good reason. I mean, they were and still are being done dirty by the label that put this album out. Number two on the list, I'm very proud to say, top 100 albums of all time, De La Soul is Dead. You said top 100 albums of all time. Top 100 hip-hop <laughs> albums of all time. For me, probably top 100 albums of all time, to be honest. Yeah. But, I mean, I would understand why not, but for me, yeah. Um, this is an album that you pushed on me for a very long time we'll keep pushing it on you <laughs> and you'll keep pushing it on me and to me is a very moody album you gotta be in the mood for this it's definitely a moody album the skits get in the way there's a lot of what, what's also very interesting is that there's a lot of skits but there's also a lot of uh, let's call them interlude tracks yeah for sure where that they're not like fully developed tracks they're kind of just fun instrumentals or have dialogue over them and they work well with the flow of the album De La Soul as a whole took me a while yeah to get into especially with the first two albums I got into De La Soul with their later work their later work was I think what a lot of people won't say about De La Soul is that they kept up at the time without fully committing to having to sound a certain way they always kept their thing but when you listen to that early 2000s period, that that Redman De La Soul hit was very much of the time. Oh, yes, it's for what, sure. And they, they always kind of followed up with that. Um, I think, and this is what happened to me, not to cut you off about De La Soul, right. is that it took me a while to get into the first two albums, but you need to understand what they're bringing forth with these two albums. It takes a minute. And I, we've discussed this a lot. I don't know if we said it in the last episode. I always feel that the albums that take longer to like are the ones that stick with you more. Yeah, I could agree with you on that. 
but you need to understand the lesson and what they are doing because the way I see this album yeah I want to know what you think because that's somebody that's I wouldn't say new into them but somebody that's now that we're doing this list taking an effort to get into them I want to know what you understand of this I first off their subject matter is fun it's fun it's funny when you get into them yeah first off the album covers the way they look you don't know what to expect when you go into an, into the album that's oh. the way that's the way it was brought forth to me i didn't i didn't know what i was expecting going into the well, album as, as happened on on this album they address arsenio hall dissing them as being the hippies of hip-hop yes which to me hippies of hip-hop doesn't make sense you're making music you can make different music you can sound differently I could understand why he would say that at the time, but yeah, I mean, whatever. But again, they were just being themselves. Yeah. They were just doing yeah. music that they wanted to. They weren't gangsters. Uh, no. They weren't talking violence. Uh, their beats didn't sound... They were really just guys that made music. Exactly. They were just having fun with it. Uh, they looked nerdy. Uh, they dress differently than what was the actual look, what people... You'll see a lot more people dressed like they were dressed back then today. But, yeah, I agree with you 100%. But when you're going to go listen to a hip-hop album from those years... Yeah. Well, you, you were used to a standard. Exactly. You don't expect what they're coming out with. You don't expect what you're going to hear. So it does take a while for the listener to be like, okay, I get what they're doing and I think with the time I watched a documentary on YouTube uh, the last soul documentary it was a 29 minute documentary that I found that was phenomenal yeah. and really opened the door for me to understand them more mm -hmm. as artists yeah and you should whoever is listening you should definitely go check that out it's the last soul is not dead documentary exactly <laughs> who's who made it Mass Appeal. Yeah, Mass Appeal. Good job to Mass Appeal for that one. Uh, and I enjoyed their music more because I understand them more. I understand what they were trying to do. They were just being themselves and they were having fun with the music. Yeah. And by the title of this, De La Soul is Dead, they were trying to kill that. We are the hippies of hip hop. Yeah. Um, production on this album, a producer we... We don't hear about De La Soul a lot in hip-hop. Um, they are very well-liked, though. They're very well-liked within the within the hip-hop community. On the outside, we don't hear of them much. No. I think that's too bad. The production, what I was getting to was Prince Paul. Oh, yeah, Prince Paul. Underrated producer. Very underrated. Did the first three albums with them. Did their first three albums. That The, the changing of sounds between this album and Balloon Mind State... Well, even starting from the very beginning, yeah. if you go back an album into this, yeah. into Balloon Mind State. It just keeps getting darker when you look at it. Yeah, sure, in a way. And what I think was, um, I think those are the three best De La Soul albums. Some people would say Stakes is High. But I, I don't, I, I, to me, the three Prince Paul albums are the, well, are the De La Soul albums. I find that De La Soul is Dead kind of 
really gives you a who are we type and the growth of their music as well. I think we say what we had to say about Dallas Soul is that I mean it, it's really more of a favorite than it is for me. Like I, I understand that this this is more of a favorite to me than it is something that everyone will love. Something about it just really does it for me, this album. Thank so you. you. Hear it. I see you got to hear it. Thank you for uh, pushing it on me. I will and continue to push it on you, as I said. Yeah. I'll continue to push the other albums on you too, because as somebody that, when we when we first uh, when we first started talking music, I mean we've known each other for a long time, but when we first started talking music, what we each knew about hip hop, there were groups that you put on me that I said like I have no interest, no interest, and they grew on me, and some didn't. I didn't understand why or how you didn't already like these guys. When I came to you talking about De La Soul, knowing the hip-hop you knew, I expected you to just go on. And to my surprise, you were... Yeah, it took me a minute. <laughs> what, what can I tell you? But if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be listening to them. The best things take a minute. The best things take a minute. And again, I will always say this about them. I found they got better with the times. I think they stayed good, but no, I think they're there. I, I stick with the early stuff. It's a very fun album. Um, we can move along. Yeah, we can move along. Main source. Breaking Adams from 91. Um, I absolutely love this album. I wouldn't call it underrated because it's praised pretty much in like the music world. People who know it. But it's not as celebrated as it should be. Um, for Canadian listeners, if you're not familiar with this, you should definitely go hear it. It's probably the first major stamp in hip-hop from Toronto. Uh, not entirely from Toronto, because Large Professor was from Queens, and he is leading the group pretty much on this album. As an MC. And a very good one, probably... I'd say overlooked, overlooked as an MC. Uh, he does a great job on this. The production also very good. It reminds me a lot of what I really like about this record was that it's a lot like the Dilla albums, a lot like the Tribe albums in terms of sound. But um, Large Professor's lyrical, uh, his, his wordplay and the way he he gives his lines are very uh, remind me a lot of the 80s guys like a big daddy Kane or like uh, Rakim yeah big time and I find his lyrical abilities like perfected so it's more between what was happening in the 80s and what was to come in the 90s like bringing it more into like that Nas type of emceeing yeah he was like very in between exactly and like as you say like I mean, the obvious thing that a lot of people say when they talk about this album, and I didn't want to lead with it because it's a fantastic record on its own. A lot of people point out the Nas factor on it that this is the first time you hear him in 91, way before Elmatic. And this is also where Large Professor uh, starts to mentor him for the album that follows. I mean, on Elmatic, you'll get Large Professor that does three tracks. So this is clearly where uh, their 
work begins together. Yeah, and I think it was also that he was discovered from large professor or by word of mouth and was met through someone. It's possible. I don't know for sure, but yeah, you, you could be right. The amazing part of this album is the production as well. Yeah. It is so flawless. Uh, yeah. Like, it's put together so well. And as a later on hip-hop listener, obviously I didn't listen to it in 1991, mm -hmm. but knowing Large Professor as a producer way more than an MC, yeah. it really shined a light on what he could do as an MC as well. I'd go as far as saying that over time this has become maybe one of my top 10, top 20. Something I know, like especially in doing this list and, and having to hear the albums and dig into them a bit more i'm going to be listening to this album way more regularly it's now. a it's a big stamp for hip-hop and the, the gap between the 80s and the 90s uh there's a lot of groups that are part of that i think this is a very underrated album very underrated as i said though underrated it's hard to say because when you look at a lot of lists and like what people think of it a lot of people say really good things about it and 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 if you know the album you know it and you love it i think it's not pushed on people that don't enough people are looking at this album differently because of the nas featuring on live at the barbecue they really need to get that out of their head and really need to focus on that flawless production and large professor as an mc And just the, the first, like the top of the album, the top, the first five, six songs. I mean, it starts off uh, really well. Like, this is a classic. And it's super fun to listen to. Like, yeah, yeah, it has that Dilla vibe. Exactly. And it's not super serious. It's got that boom bap feel to it. Uh, the drums, the, 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 the way it was mixed, the, the samples that they used. Yeah. It was super, super well done. Yeah. And you could appreciate this as you get older and you get more into hip hop and you start understanding hip hop more. Yeah. Um, It's also one of the early times where the Sister Nancy uh, Bam Bam sample gets used. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, came back around as of late with uh, Kanye and Jay using it too. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's really not one worth checking out. I mean, I think... This has this this is very. We don't look at this album enough in hip hop at all. So uh, the next album on this list last week when we were talking about Nas. Nas is coming up a lot in this episode. We said we wouldn't talk about him much anymore. Um. We mentioned how a lot of people would see Illmatic as the album. To get to to begin listening to rap. Now we just said Public Enemy, another option. This is the album I give somebody. This, this is, is the, the first album. If you've never listened to rap music, this is where you start. The reasons I say that are, again, like we said about Public Enemy, it doesn't sound like the rest of hip-hop. No. This does a, it, it does a bit more sound like the rest of hip-hop, but you get two MCs on it. You get a very consistent type of production, but that kind of touches on a lot of 
things, there's different, like you say, a lot of the samples that are being used, like there are a lot of various types of samples being used. The album itself is consistent. There are not many featurings, and the ones that are there are there for a reason. Yep. 1991. We're still in 1991. We got three albums from 1991 on this episode. So 1991 is a big year for music. Not just hip-hop music in general, if you go down the list. But we got low in theory. Drive Call Quest. Uh, can we start off with... Uh the intro to the album sure when I listen to an album I want to be grabbed right away I want to be like okay this is what I'm going into let's see where this takes me and this album does it solid 10 on 10 right off the bat and not just with the first track oh definitely not because as you progress into bugging out there's something again at the next track that grabs you when Fife kicks it off you're I feel with this album, you're constantly being pulled into something. It's when you hear this album for the first time, you're like, whoa, what did I just listen to? What am I listening to? Because it grabs your attention right away. We say it's different. It is different. And when the album's done, I want more. I definitely want more. What's interesting about that is that when the album's done, I don't necessarily want more. I want it again. Yeah. <laughs> the album is just perfect in length. It does what it has to do. And you could hear it twice in a row. Rarely, I find in hip-hop, rarely does an album have back-to-back playback value. This right. one has it. This one has it. I could tell you that their next album after this one does it. Also does it, yeah. Um, but the production on this, uh, the jazz... There's a lot of jazz on it. Yeah. The jazz side of it and how it's produced into hip-hop is just phenomenal. Is it the first time it's been made like this? No. But the way it was put together and the sound of it grabs your attention. It's just better done than a lot of albums. Better done than a lot of albums. And a lot of producers like Pharrell Look, safe to say, pretty much any producer that's had success is because of this is album. Inspired by this album, yeah, inspired, There's no doubt. No doubt. Uh, even sing again, <laughs> their music is not negative, violent. No. Very positive. Yeah. Uh, funny. Funny. You got to remember, we said we wouldn't bring them up right away, but Native Tongues, De La Soul, that was the vibe of that group was positivity everything that goes into this album uh, has something very positive about it inspirational yeah long lasting uh, emceeing at its finest yeah uh, 
Fife Dog, rest in peace, obviously, uh, stands out incredibly on this album. His wordplay, the way he brings it forth, uh, is just, to me, something that really wants me to go back and keep listening to this. A lot of people, I mean, Q-Tip had the more successful uh, solo path. A lot of people disregard Maybe not people that know it well, but if you don't if you don't know this too well, you tend to pay more attention to Q-Tip on these albums. I would I would have to say like MC Fife blows this out of the water. Yeah. The oh, punch for sure. lines, the just the the the, the wordplay. I mean. The way that he describes himself. Is this the first time we hear Buster Rhymes? Uh, to me, yeah, this is the first time I heard Buster Rhymes. I knew who Buster Rhymes was, but this is the first time I think Buster Rhymes was thrown into the world for people to hear. Kind of like Nas on Breaking Items. Yeah, same thing, but Buster Rhymes. <laughs> um, I'm sure. The first time people heard Buster Rhymes and had no idea who the hell Buster Rhymes was <laughs> and heard him on the sign were like, what the fuck is going on? And it's a good way to come into the world, if you ask me. It and still gets me when his verse kicks off. I still think like as being the last track of the album, I could see now why you would say it leaves you wanting more because you get featurings, you get this new guy, Buster Rhymes, that comes in guns blazing and has one of the last verses on the album and the the way him and a tribe called quest him and q-tip him and fife the chemistry they have on the song even on later work even on later work but it's like they've been doing this forever together and that's why it sticks out. That's why I want I want more when I'm done with it. Yeah. And let's be honest with each other. That track has to go down. Scenario. As one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time. I wouldn't say more than something like Bugging Out. No, but but what that song did? Maybe one of the best collaborations. What the song what that song did definitely but again, it, to me, what I'm listening is just the chemistry. And it's not just only on that song, but the chemistry that Q-Tip and Fife have throughout the album. Check the rhyme. Fucking sticks out. And that's what makes it so good. That there was no, hey, we only know each other for a bit. Let's make an album together. It's like, okay, we know what we're doing here. We have that chemistry together. Let's do it. There's definitely more... Uh you could tell when you listen to Tribe, there's definitely more musical knowledge behind them than a lot of rap groups, than a lot of rappers. There's, again, like the less all these guys are just making music. That's what they know. Mm-hmm. And it delivers. Yep. Chemistry, wordplay, beats. Yeah. The jazz infusion. Lots of jazz. 
this is a big stamp in hip hop. This changed hip hop. Is it top ten? Should this be taught in every top ten hip hop albums list? It's not. I'm gonna put it out there and say it's not in my top ten. Let me let me rephrase it. If you're looking at a list of ten best hip hop albums of all time, the ten is this in it? Yeah. The next album on the list, maybe less. Yeah. This is where. This is where we started to. Not disagree. But we're like. In making this list, there was a lot of things we had to leave off. Big time. And when we went back and did a lot of homework, let's call it. This was an album you had put on to begin with. Yes. This was an album that I revisited and said, am I not seeing it? I don't I still don't see it. This would not be on my top 100. I could understand why it belongs. It belongs. Mm. It's on mine for sure, obviously or else I wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about it. But Black Moon into the stage uh, to me is kind of the birth of that classic New York sound that non fully gangster rap album that fun hip hop album you found this fun? I found this really fun I was I enjoy the one thing I could say about this and this is I'm not saying this is not a bad this is a great album like it's this is a fantastic album what I find about it is it just does the same as a lot of hip hop albums do but there was something about it that wasn't boring it's fun it did the same thing I wouldn't say it was fun but it just wasn't boring it was very it's, it's not something I have a hard time listening to um, when I when I said when I mentioned before about the underground, this is for sure the birth of Duck Down artist. Uh, you hear Smith and Wesson for the first time, uh, but I find that they brought something different to the table. It's kind of like in between when you're listening to like Mob Deep and you're listening to Tribe Called Quest. It's in that between. It lies right down the middle, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe I, I didn't explain that. it before properly, the birth of between this and that, but it's in between those lines. It's not all the way fun, and it's not all the way street. Yeah, exactly. Uh, again, production. I always go back to production. Uh, DJ Evil D. Uh, funky. Uh, I find that there was a lot of like upbeat and the MCing was brought into the album really well. I've seen them live perform this whole album a long time ago. They perform I've seen them actually twice perform the whole album. And I find that the vibe that this album brings it's something different. And that's why I put it on my list. That's why I can go back to this album and not want to take it off. 
when I talk about chemistry, when I talk about uh, the way the emceeing and the production is brought together, is the way Buckshot, and yes, I keep going to Buckshot, he's not the well, only MC. This is, but I, and that's, so this is something that I kind of suck. Like you just said, he's not the only MC, but he really is the only MC. Right. But Buckshot and the production, the funky jazz production the sound uh again when you listen to an album they know what they're doing it is brought together a certain way for a certain reason and it goes well it's definitely a consistent album if it's anything i'll give it that Mm -hmm. what i find is that just like any type of music really i mean when you have so much of the same, for me, like uh, we go back to what we, how we introduced ourselves last week, you listen to only hip hop. Yes. I listen to everything. So when I'm going to get something like this, I already don't listen to certain albums as much as I should. I'll just put on the ones I know. Mm-hmm. And that will be a Smith & Wesson. That will be... I mean, this is very comparable to what the guys from Wu-Tang were doing. Mm-hmm. I'll put those on instead. Because this just does what a lot at the time was doing. It was a new type of music. But when we're talking Public Enemy, we're talking Tribe Called Quest, these guys found ways to stand out. They found a way to move within the genre and do their thing. This to me sounds like a standard, what a lot of people were doing. And maybe that's why it didn't, it didn't, it doesn't grip me. Is there something that stands out to you on this album? Is there something that when you're listening to, you're like, okay, wow, this stands out to me. This is very important when I'm listening to this album. It's the, the, the sampling stands out. It reminded me a lot of, again, when I listen to something by Smith & Wesson. So I'll get that instead because I already don't listen to that album as much as I should and I love that album. And that's where when I said at the beginning the birth of Duck Down, it wasn't the birth of Duck Down but the birth of Boot Camp Click with Smith & Wesson. Yeah, came much later. Yeah. But yeah. But, and it, it grips me when I listen to it because of Buckshot's lyrical ability and how he jumps onto the song and that's when I say it's fun that's when I come in and say and say that is because of this is what's happening to me when I'm listening to the album this is the effect I'm getting this is why I put this on the top 100 look it deserves to be on the top 100 Definitely. I may have put something else. But on a list where we're trying to, as we said, we're not ranking albums saying why this is better than that. Making a list, making a guide for somebody, yeah, it should be there. Mm-hmm. Because of what came after. And the, and, and let's be honest, it's not going to be the, first, the last time we talk about these guys. No. Duck down, 
we'll okay. kind of, this is going to come up again in our list. There's going to be some surprising entries, maybe. We'll explain those. But again, those are the ones that I'd rather go to if I'm talking the, these guys. Now, I said something, and I'm going to segue this into the next album that we're going to talk about. I found a way. We're jumping a couple years ahead now. We're getting mid-90s. But when I said Tribe, when I said De La Soul, when we said Public Enemy, there was a way that they found, they found themselves a way to be different from the herd. And it stood out, and it punched, and it's timeless now. This is a group that found their way to stand out, are definitely the only guys that do their own thing. But now these are guys that I can't get into. And so I got to hand it to you again. Bone Thugs in Harmony? <laughs> Look, they're praised. They are put very high. Uh, f- for those that love them, they're held in high regard. It never connected with me. But that's fine. That's fine. Uh, we're talking about E, 1999, Eternal, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, this is a very different album when you're looking at rapping ability. It's more melodic. More melodic. It's it's it, it's a diff- look. If there's one thing, it's a it's an entirely different approach to how other people were doing it, how other people rapped, how other people. It's it's really a, it's a standalone thing. It's a it's a standalone thing. Nobody was doing that. Well, when I say nobody was doing that, anybody could have been doing stuff, but nobody was doing that, and their ability to be able to do that and their ability to be able to be so melodic, so soulful, type of kind of like a hip-hop R&B mixed together, type in a blender. Yeah. And being able to deliver it. And again, the I'm going to go listen to gangster rap music, but I'm going to go listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony. There's, there's something different there that they brought to the table. Uh, they were discovered by Eazy-E. Uh, he, they were signed to Rootless Records and I think he found something in these guys because their rapping ability wasn't being done and their rapping ability is being done now well there was a revival in a way of, of, of listening to this type of stuff just like there was with the South yes. there was a period where nobody was listening to the South where nobody was listening to this and it kind of came back around. I mean, like all things come back around. When we, when I was getting into hip hop, particularly, it was the Biggies and the Nas's, and and that stuff was everyone's starting point. There were people that we met that, you know, especially working in music for a little while, there were people that we met that knew this catalog like the back of their hand. Yeah. Because that's what they were getting. Like, I mean, if that was their gateway into hip hop, that was hot at the time. It all comes back around at some point. When it came back around, I just couldn't do it. I just wasn't. 
and the new rappers that do it, I mean, who? Who does it? Even if, even if there are new rappers that do it, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm being open and saying I'm not a fan necessarily of Bone Thugs, but as a group, when I hear it, what they did, they did it well. Who's doing it as well? Who's doing it as well? Or no. who's, who's inspired themselves and is well, is, is, um, I don't want to say carrying the torch, but who's representing this as well uh, in what they do now? Well, ASAP Rocky and ASAP Ferg have come out and said that a lot of their style comes from these guys. They were inspired by these guys. Uh, man, we can name a bunch more of these artists. I'm going to stick to those two. Those two were the first guys that came to mind too, and those two were also the same guys that came to mind when I thought of the South. Yeah. So it's the same guys that are bringing both back. Yeah, bringing both back. Or brought both back. But there's something that's really important to this album is the delivery. The way the the, and I could be wrong. I'm not hip hop genius here. I'm not. I don't know everything about hip hop. But to me, when I listen to it, it's the hooks. Uh, it's catchy. And when I mean delivery, it's these guys are quote unquote rappers mm -hmm. and they sound rapperish slash soul R&B but the sound to it is very they're almost singing almost exactly almost singing I don't want to say almost singing but almost singing and what they're rapping about drugs violence uh, again gangster stuff but it's the way they, they've approached it with the way they could rap, sing, slash, whatever you want to call it. And it's their delivery. So what wouldn't be so approved, you're saying, maybe not what wouldn't be so approved, but... So you're saying the approach is... When you when you listen to this album the first time, yeah, you're not going to like it right away. Well, it's, definitely, it's definitely not the most accessible album we've spoken about. No. The, the second time, maybe not. The third time, you'll start to understand it. Mm -hmm. And you'll start to get a feel for it. Again. It's a grower. If you're going to like it, it's because it's going to grow on you. It, yeah. But I do think that the first time you hear it, you got to know. I keep thinking of the first time we listened to Danny Brown. As we're talking about this, this is something that keeps coming back to mind. The first time we listened to Danny Brown, it was aggressive. It was screaming. It was... It was. Uh, we had no idea what was going on. Basically, we had. We, it, it was. A, it was a, a kind of a twist on what was going on at the time. And your first remark was, "This sounds like Lil Wayne." Yeah. I don't know where the fuck I was going. This. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is the guys like Three Six Mafia that were dark, uh, gloomy. Mm. It still related. wasn't this. It's but still, it still, still wasn't this. this. No, for sure. I would... My most similar comparison to Bone Thugs would be Cypress Hill. Oh, I get what... I can get where you're, where you're coming with that. It just has that... That singing... It's more melodic as well. It, it, it's that... It's dark. And Cypress Hill got darker. <laughs> as, yeah, as it keeps... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, it's like... You're not going to catch it the first time, maybe not the second, but repeated listens, you will understand, definitely. 
So maybe I should uh, listen to it more. I mean, the only thing that'll happen is I'll I'll learn it more. I mean, as I say, the albums that take longer to get into are the ones that stick. But yeah, maybe I didn't give it enough of a chance. I'll, I'm I'm open to revisiting it. It's it's definitely. I understand why it should be on the top 100. I don't disapprove of it. I just said for me, it wasn't exactly. Well, like some albums on the list that that, that are going to be all that are going to be more of my choice. Yeah, and it's fine because we did this list together, and we're going to discover different things when we listen to albums later down the road. Right. But to finish it off with this album is the delivery and how different it was to me listening to it stuck out. And that's why it's on the list. Right. So what's next? Can we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. All right, we're back. We have four albums left to talk about. Um, I guess you get to throw me under the bus now. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> We're just going to have a nice discussion about this. Let's hear it. Uh, the Fuji's, the score, or is it Fuji's, the score? Is there a dub before the Fuji's? There's no dub before okay, Fuji's. Okay, so if... Fuji's, the score. Right. 1996. Yes. A very fantastic year in hip-hop, I may add. Yeah. Can, I'd like for you to start it off so I can then jump in and give you my opinion. The first thing I'm going to start by saying, because it needs to be clarified, the Lauryn Hill solo album is not on this list. I'm starting, I'm starting with that because when we made this list, we, we stuck more to the rap aspect of hip-hop, less the soul R&B stuff. If that album would have been on this list... We would have had to consider artists like D'Angelo, Frank Ocean. Artists that I've spoken about. In the culture. Yeah, but within that same breath. Yeah. They kind of touch on other types of music and not just the rapping part. Mm -hmm. That Lauryn Hill album really expands into other types. So we're going to keep it a little more within the rap. And, we, and, and, and with that, the Fuji's album comes in. Like we wouldn't put a Wyclef album. On his own. We wouldn't put the carnival on its own. This is like... Now... Yeah. Before you start... Right. I just want to let the listeners know... I might be deaf... When I listen to this album. I really... I really find... First off, it's not on my... Top 100. Probably not top 150 either. And I'm just being really honest. It's cool. I mean... Does it need to make the list? Yes. You've put it in yours. It needs... Okay. Let me, let me stop you. It needs to make the list. Yes. But there are parts of it that definitely... Look. On this list in particular, and on the list that we spoke about last week, there are those albums that people will always say are, are, are possibly a top 10 maybe mm -hmm. a top 20 automatic in hip-hop culture. This is one of those. It's not my top 10. It's not in my top 20. But for all the same reasons you brought in, Bone Thugs, for the the, the, the melodic parts, the, the things that stand out of it, 
this album has plenty of that. It's not just your strict hip hop album. Um, off the air, I told you a few things. I think make it a great album. Are you going to read our text? <laughs> Look, it's a self-produced album by the group, like a lot of groups did. Wyclef, let me put it out there before you started it, uh, stands out to me on this album uh, a lot. More than Lauren Hill. Because I, th I think when people listen to the Fugees, they're like... Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill. I get it. I really get it. But I find that Wyclef stands out more. Well, because he's got the hooks. He's got a the lot hooks. of the times. He's got the rapping ability too. He does. But you cannot disregard Lauren Hill as a rapper. She, I mean, if you want my opinion, she's the best. Of the three? She's the best of the three. Definitely the best of the three. Um, I think the other thing that made this album quite big is, like you said, in 96 was a huge year for hip-hop. This album reached the masses. It didn't stay within the hip-hop community. Lauryn Hill and Wyclef Jean had big careers. Huge careers. That's where... The, and it's because of this. Not even This wasn't their first album. But this is what did that for them. This is kind of like that, like like they they really broke through. It was not small time. This album. It's very different, and I could see where it's different because of the singing aspect to it, mixed with the hip hop. Lauren Hill stands out as a female MC all that stuff but I just don't find before you get into that text I just don't find that it attracts me to it and the thing that attracts me the most to it would have to be the production the production's great the production so is yeah, great so yeah definitely it's definitely one of the standout points that should attract you to it but I also feel like you were just fed this album. Again, you being somebody that only listened to rap, so many people probably told you you need to hear this and lifted it up in this kind of... It, it, like People put it above all albums. People put it with the Illmatics. People put it on top of everything. It makes it harder to like. Never mind this. Never mind the careers they had. Never mind where people place it as some of the best hip-hop albums, just go into it blind. Like, the way... The way certain current rappers don't get you or the way certain big rappers... Like, I mean, we could say right away because we, we're going to talk about him later, but it took you a minute to like De La Soul. Mm -hmm. It took you a minute to like Lil Wayne because of what people tell you about it yeah there's that but when i listen to it again it doesn't i, I like the nothing grabs me uh, i find that is it too poppy for you is it, there too much I, that's 
a big issue with it. I find that the hooks are are cheesy, too cheesy. That I can't like it. I find it actually does a good job of not being too cheesy, despite being a more accessible rap album that uses pop elements. I find myself bored midway through the album, but I could find good songs on this album. Like there's good songs, and it's not the 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 songs that stand out to most of the people, like Fuji La, Killing Me Softly. It's other songs. Those songs are great songs. But they don't, like, there's something about it that doesn't attract me to it. I think my, my personal favorite is How Many Mics. And I know it's one of the it's one of the opening tracks, but that's the first thing that kind of pulls you in. You get the kind of the, the white clef hook. It's a good taster of what you're going to get for the rest of the album. How Many Mics is a great song. I'm going to give this album that. The intro with How Many Mics and White Clef. Yes, 110%. But even that first half, though, very like, I find late as of the score, it kind of. You it, find it repetitive. I find it repetitive. The songs are long. These songs are. Is there a song so, under? There's. The songs are a little long, but here. Yeah, the song. How many tracks you get here? You get 13. We're not counting bonus tracks. No, no, we're talking the 13 that make the album. See, I'd rather have 13 longer songs that I could hook into, that I could... The longer you hear the song, the more you'll remember it versus something like Bone Thugs that you get shorter songs. There's sometimes songs that are as long and it's like 20 of them. It just never ends. At least you're getting here 13 songs that are maybe a bit longer. Like everyone gets a turn to spit. The production is consistent throughout the hooks. Th that's why the hooks need to be good is because they're longer songs. You got to stay in for a long... You got to be kept in for a longer period of time. I see it that way. And that's why I find this a more enjoyable listening experience than something that has 20... You know, it's as long, but 20 songs. I don't need the more songs. I don't need to learn more. Give me good. Give me a good body. What are your standout tracks? How many mics? Yeah, you mentioned that one. Uh, I mean, look, you want to say it no matter what, ready or not, to me is a good hit. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Bob Marley cover. I'll say that much. Uh, I'm not a fan necessarily of Killing Me Softly. See, Killing Me Softly, I find, is a is an awkward song. And I've never really liked that song. Um, the Beast. The Beast is a standout track. Yeah, I could agree with you on that one. Uh, the Mask is a standout track. I think I know what I need to do with this album. And is really... Maybe take more time with it. You should. But I think I need to get out of my head. Maybe I might just listen to the album mm. 
and remove the songs I really find cheesy and don't like, and maybe it'll make a better album for me. You may enjoy it a bit more, yeah. Because I like... But it's not how you're used to listening to albums either. You're the type that goes through... Yeah, and that's and that's the problem with me. But it's fine that it doesn't attract me. And it's fine that I'm not hooked onto this album. And maybe I don't get it. Maybe in the next two, I three totally years. understand what you're saying because you're not saying it's a bad album. No, like I'm not. I, like I didn't say the other ones were bad albums. They're just not albums that get me. But that's fine because we're two different people. Yeah. We love hip-hop, but we get attracted by different styles in hip-hop. Different things. But that's what makes this list yeah. fun to make, fun to talk about, is we might not agree on all 100, but we'll have things to say about it, and we'll have our opinions to say about it. All right. And there'll be people that agree, and people that won't agree, people that'll hate us, and people think we're out of our mind. <laughs> and I will be told that I'm out of my mind for not listening. Oh, but... Uh, liking, I mean, sorry, this album. The same thing, but, but the same thing could be said about me for... for making a list of top 100 albums in hip-hop and then turn around and say, I don't get Bone Thugs. Yeah. For sure. I mean, never would I say it's bad. But you see why this would be not for you? Yeah. And I need you to read that text. Like right now? Like right now, because there was something very interesting that you said, and I respect you. you. I respect you for saying that. But like, I told you it was a group that self-produced, like a lot of others at the time. It was 96. They were putting different things in their music uh, that others weren't. Female rappers. I mean, I don't want to make it a thing about that. Because regardless of female... You, we shouldn't have to turn around and say, it's good because it was a female rap. No, it's good because it was a great album. It wasn't good for that. No, but I think people paid more attention to it because of Lauren Hill. I think the masses paid more attention to it. Because of because Lauren Hill. Because within hip hop, I mean, there's no denying it, it's very difficult to break out as a female rap, as a female artist. I think being in a group with guys like Wyclef, it it helped. They put more emphasis on her. And she did more. They did. Yeah. And she's and even that one album, look, that one album that she made after this is better than anything, arguably better than anything. It is better than anything Wycliffe ever did. He's had great albums. He's made great music. But that she, Carnival album is good. It's just fucking way too long. Continue. Carnival is very good, but this is, I mean, she made a staple with one album. One classic and the score. In the group. She carried the group. Yeah. She, I, I don't think they would have been as big or as popular or talked about if it wasn't for her. Right. Uh, the other thing that I mentioned was the instrumentation. It wasn't super popular at the time. Um, I don't know what the sampling is like with this album. I didn't I'd like I didn't I don't know it to that degree. But I feel like I'm hearing a lot of what could be original material in the style of the roots. Yeah. So that's another thing. Yeah. Like Wycliffe, Wycliffe is a musician. 
It's a good musician. So the, 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 that was being used as well. That's not something that was common at the time in 96. With hip-hop artists. Right. Look, I'll jump back into it. I think you should try it, but we should jump to the next album because we just brought them up. Oh, yeah, that's true. The next, you know what? Let's let's do Fuck. this. Let's do this. Properly? This is the first time that we're putting two albums by one artist on a list. And it's only the second episode. It might happen again, but the next two albums, which will be number eight and number nine on this list. Yeah, because they go back to back. It's the it, I mean they were they were the albums that followed each other. We have Illadelph Half Life in ninety six and Things Fall Apart in ninety nine. Ninety nine, yeah. Things Fall Apart in ninety nine by the roots. So let's do this in one shot. Um, because back to back. Well we were we were talking about every album in order of release. Yeah. So uh, these are the ones that f- they, they just so happen to follow with this list. But back to back they Let's let's start off about saying back to back they delivered. These are the two best roots albums. I've always seemed to prefer this is where we'll disagree on on the album that we prefer. Yeah. I've always preferred Things Fall Apart. You've always preferred Illadelph Half-Life until I've had to make this list. Yep. And I've said it for the longest time that Illadelph Half-Life is the Roots' best album? Uh, to be honest with you, every time I listen to this album, it fucking blows me away. It's definitely an album that it holds up. It's long but consistent. Doesn't get boring. Doesn't fucking get boring. Are you able to say that after this album they changed? Yeah. Yeah, big time. Because when you get into things fall apart, you get more artists from the outside. Badu's on it. Most Def is on it. They're definitely there's. They also, I mean, they always did. But come things fall apart, there's a lot more emphasis on the instruments. Oh yeah, than for being sure. a band, above all. Yeah. And from there, the sound just kind of became how we know it. Yeah, and. On Illadelph Half-Life, the, the sound, that root sound is there. I kind of, it's more... It's trying to find its way out. Yeah. But fucking Black Thought, the way he raps, really, like, he's probably one of the most underrated MCs ever. The Black way Thought is... The most underrated and the, MC ever. The way he delivers, and again, I'm I might be the most fucking annoying person in the world about delivery, but Black Thought delivering on Illadeth Half Life and the way he delivers on it and the way he his just his rhyme pattern and the way he enters a song to me has to be one of the best for sure of that ninety six year. There was nobody that could touch him. I, d- I don't care what came out in 1996. Why do you think he's the most underrated or the least spoken about? Not, not within hip-hop. I think within hip-hop and within people that know it, he gets the love he deserves and the roots get the love. But why is he not as celebrated, as spoken about by the public? Because the way I see it is the roots are not looked at 
as individual members. The roots are looked at as a band. They're the roots. They're the roots. They always were the roots, yeah. And when people listen to the roots, I might be wrong, are listening to a body of work. Yeah. Which it's is a listening fucking fine. Just which is perfectly normal to me. So he gets second seat, third seat on the album. So it's like, okay, here's Black Thought. But when you really pay attention to him, there's way more to the artist. There is way more to the MC. I think people need to study Black Thought a lot more than they need to study MCs like Jay-Z, um, MCs like Most Def, Talib, Kweli. I'm, I'm being really honest Yeah, no, you. there's definitely a lot that we don't, that we haven't taken the time to uh, dissect. And, and Yeah, and that's what got me into The Roots. Uh, was Black like, Thought? Was Black Thought. And I think it was about, for me, I mean, like we said in the last episode, being somebody who liked uh, more of like band-oriented music, the, the sounds of Outkast grabbed me, the sounds of The Roots grabbed me. It's one of the first things I started paying attention to in hip-hop and with their later albums, because like we just said, with the later albums, you get more of that. So I think by the time I was getting into them it was game theory it was phrenology it was those yeah. albums and as you go back you kind of go into their roots when you get to Willadelph I think that's why I couldn't I couldn't love it as much as you did let's say like it's basically when you listen to the roots it's like you're in a jam session yeah, they do that, like you said, that listening experience type of thing, where even a Roots album that's not necessarily their best work is able to pull you in for the amount of time you're going to spend with Yeah, them. and I find what Black Thought brings to the Roots is emceeing at its best. And I feel like, I could, I'm for sure I'm definitely wrong, but I feel like when I'm listening to the Roots and I'm listening to Black Thought, it's like I feel like everything's just being done on the spot. And that's the effect I'm getting from him. It's a live presence. It's it's really giving you that feeling that you're hearing it as it's happening. And the first time I heard Illadelph, Illadelph Half-Life was the first Roots album I've heard. And that really struck me with the way that fucking man can rap. And it's been just uphill. My attraction to Things Fall Apart was the the guests on it. Um, that cover, though. Well, the many covers. Um, that was released with, like, I think, six or... Like, it was one of those that had the six album covers at launch. And the original is uh, iconic. Mm -hmm. But... Just to t get back to what you are saying about The Roots... The first albums that I heard from them was completely different from these two. Illadelph to me was always that one album that just stood out as the hip-hop album like the rest. Mm -hmm. I didn't say it when we were talking about it before, but now that we spoke about it and we're back on this album, End to the Stage reminded me of Illadelph Half-Life. I didn't, I didn't like it as much. But it has that kind of... Effect. Like it has that kind of feeling. Delivery. Sure. And that's, again, what I mean to say is that if I'm going back again to the Black Moon album, 
if I got to listen to that, I'll listen to this instead. I think we said what we had to say. I mean, we, I'm, I've always really liked them, the Roots. Man, live, uh, it's, uh, do they even play their songs live or they just jam the whole time? <laughs> the only time I was fortunate enough to see them was at a festival. And it really, like they, they threw in a couple of, there was a couple of Game Theory songs that I recognized and a couple of... They, at, but but they the, floated in, huh? Right, like, yeah. At the time they were touring, I think they were touring How I Got Over or it was, it was in between, like right before How I Got Over came out. And they, it was if it was at Oshiaga one year. I don't think they played more than three of their own songs. <laughs> But I see, I would love to see the Roots perform an album in full. They're the type of band that any of their albums performed in full. I'll I'll pay the ticket. Oh, if 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 I could see them play Ill Delph live. I'd pay big bucks to see that. I'd pay, I'd, like, I'd pay for any album. I'd pay for Undone Live. I'd pay for How I Got Over Live. I'd pay for... Things Fall Apart Live would that be something. That must be incredible. That And would be incredible. Let's not forget why that's... Even game, like, game theory is vastly underrated. Yeah. It's maybe not top 100, but game theory is an album I listen to regularly. I would have... Sounded crazy putting it in a top 100 list. Fuck what people but, think. But no, no, but... but Wait, I get it. Game theory is incredible. Something about Things Fall Apart, before I forget, is yeah. the musical instruments and the way it's put together. That's why it's on list. That's why it's on our list. You listen to them as a totally different <laughs> group because of the instrumentation. Right. It, yeah, it changed... It's definitely a game changer. For the roots, I'm just, I'm still blown away when I listen to them and specifically Illadelph Half Life and the way it jumps into things fall apart. We should get on to the last album of the, on the list. Fuck, I've been waiting my whole life to talk about this. I swear less because I'm going to have to flag it as explicit. <laughs> really? Yeah. So now that we're in explicit, uh, we're going to let you go nuts on this one. Can you? Okay. How should we start? For the okay. I don't want to steal this one from you, because now this is going to be the third album that, that's on this episode that I didn't understand. So what do you want to do? I understand the movement behind it. I understand the the fan base behind it. This is almost like a cult thing now. I don't. I don't want to say it's not good I don't want to say it's not for me because this there are artists on this that will come up again like I explained you the Fuji's try and explain me this wait don't try and explain me this by talking about one individual on it fuck no explain me what I'm not getting about this so We're jumping big time in years from 1999. Yeah, we made a huge jump. We're like four years ahead now. Five years ahead? Uh, four years ahead. 2003. Right. We're talking about groups. And there's absolutely no way in the hell. I'm going to stop you right before you start again. 
I love this. Continue. For some reason, this to me doesn't even qualify as a group. This is a group of solo artists that work under the same umbrella and got together to make an album. It's almost this is a, this is not even a group. Oh, this say. this is definitely a group. Would would you consider if the, if the album was good enough, would good music be a group? This is how I see this. No. This to me is is a good music of the early 2000s. It's not a group for me. Well, Cam discovered Jim, discovered Jewels. They put out mixtapes before, during, and after Cam's Come Home With Me. As a group? As a group. Okay. They made about 20 mixtapes that I could listen to all in a row. Uh, <laughs> no, they are definitely a group. Diplomats, Dipset are definitely a group. <laughs> but you guys are probably have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, but we are talking about the last album on episode two is... Dun, 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 dun. They figured it out by now. Go. Dipl- Diplomatic Immunity. Diplomats. Both discs. Slash, slash Dipset. Yes, both discs. Why is this on the list? Why? Because... <laughs> fucking first off I'm going to be swearing a lot during this because I need to really try not <laughs> but nothing sounds like this to me I, I'm again I might be deaf we spoke about it with Fuji's and whatever else we were talking about but I might be deaf but nothing to me sounds like this hold up <laughs> you know when you're when you're looking for something to listen to and you're like, God damn it, I have no idea what I want to listen to, but I'm trying to find something that's really appealing to me, okay? And for years, I was trying to find an album that did that to me, and then when I got to this album, it did that to me. Yes, both discs. I was looking for an album That was gangster rap with, I would say, the beats needed to be different than that 90s gangster rap from the West Coast or from the East Coast. I needed to be fresh. Uh, The beats needed to sound fresh to me. You needed something new. I needed something new. Okay. With... MCs that were talking what I like to talk, what, what I like to listen to. Sorry, I'm gonna be honest. Drug talk, uh, street talk. Okay, now this is where now I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say. But now I'm gonna forget what I'm about to say. Okay, go ahead. But this is an album that when I listened to, that was like God fucking damn it! I finally found something I was listening to that I wanted to listen to that was appealing to me. And was like watching a movie. And I could go back to this album once a week, to be honest with you. And I will not get bored of it. And I will not turn it off. Okay. Both discs. I find that listening to this album is like listening to five guys that do the same thing. 
it's not like listening to a tribe where you're getting a back and forth, a dialogue between two. It's not like listening to De La Soul where the styles of rapping are similar, but there's just enough difference between the two that'll get you. And we're talking different types, different, a whole Sounds. different sound. Like I'm not comparing diplomats to those guys, but I really feel like I'm listening to the same. Everyone has the same delivery. Everyone has, you've been saying delivery. Everyone has the same delivery. Everyone has the same flow. None of them are bad. They're all great rappers. But five guys, or however, how, how many people are on this? Cameron, Joel Santana, Jim Jones, Freaky Ziki, which does not rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got... You got However many guys they are, you're yeah. getting you're well, getting a the group three of main guys ones. That, the three main ones, three main guys, the three sound the same. Now, if you want to talk about our list, are there any Joel's albums on the list? No. Are there any Jim Jones albums on the list? No. Why? And I want you to say it as a fan. Why? Because those albums don't are not as good as the other albums they on the list. They don't resonate as much as a Cameron album would. A- absolutely not. So why not just Hear the camera albums. Because having them all together is appealing to me. Okay. Having them all together, to me, is listening to three different artists. You hear I, the difference. You, you... I, I hear the difference between them. And we're going to all say that Cameron is the best one out of the three, 110%. But I hear the difference. They don't, to me, they don't rap the same. Okay. They so don't maybe, I don't, maybe I need to pay more attention. Fine, fair. Yeah, but again, it it is it's not it might not be appealing to you, but that's fine. But to me, there's more to it because again, like I mentioned, I found something that was appealing to me that I was always wanting to hear that sound that really got me. The production by the Heat Makers, you got just Blaze, you have Kanye West. See, that's the other thing though is the production is when you're working with these guys, you gotta sound like them. So all these producers that sound different on their own now all just sound like them. The producers? Yeah. Man. I, I feel like working with the diplomats means you got to sound like the diplomats or it's not. You're making a beat for their sound. You're not making oh, a beat y- because they want your sound. They, But just Blaze and diplomats is a sound. Heat makers and diplomats is a sound. There's that There's that sampling. There's that heavy bass. So, I've, so I clearly haven't paid enough attention. But that's fine. And I'm not... No, no, I, I, no. What I mean to say is, I'm not, I'm not finding an excuse. What I'm saying is, there's something I'm missing, and I have to hear it again. Yeah, I, I, I think so. You need to hear it again. But again, I can't tell you to sit down and listen to what's 15 plus 12, 27 songs. This is like a two-hour album. Yeah, two-hour album that I could get through. It's one of the few double albums on this list. Already, that we're complaining that some single <laughs> albums are too long. This is like one of the few doubles. But I just. First off, um, I need to explain more of what I like. Okay. The, I said production. The Heatmakers production, the Just Blaze production, that right. sampling. The, it's appealing to me because I find it fits so well with their subject matter. The drug talk, the street talk, the slick Harlem talk. That maybe the listeners will have no idea what I'm talking about. And maybe they will. But that slick Harlem talk with the punchlines... And talking about they're better than, but it's all punchlines. But it's, it's it's that's all this is. 
it's just one punchline, one punch. Like that's the whole. But Cameron's rapping ability on this. It's punchlines. It's punchlines. But that's what we like him for. We like him for that, but also I find the way he puts his bars together, that his punchlines, yes, they're all punchlines. And it's all the same subject matter. And it's all the same subject matter. But it's, we could talk about this, like people that could talk about any other style of music, genre of music, or hip-hop album. It's always the same thing with these guys. It's always the same things with, with these guys. Like we could say, Tribe is always the same thing, or De La Soul is always the same thing. It's hey, still appealing to... Tribe put out a double album way after the fact. Yeah, way after the fact. And it's not just a Tribe album. They adapted a bit to the times, they use current guests, but when you get from one track to the next, it's never the same track. It's never the same sounding. Yeah, you're still getting Tribe the way you knew them. That was the point of giving you this album, but... There's definitely more. You can't compare this to a tribe album. You can't compare this to what a tri- what 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 a double album. Man, Biggie on his own switched it up on a double album. Biggie on his own gave you more diversity on a double album, if you ask me. You could be right about those things. We're also talking a superior talent. Yeah, but again, these al- this album is appealing. Because of that specific sound. And again, these guys made it... Because of their sound and the way they did songs with artists from the South, they made it cool for people to listen to the South and to like the South sound. They took that Southern sound with the production from Heatmakers and Just Blaze and whoever the hell else produced on this. They took that sound... And they brought it to New York. They brought it for it okay to be liked and listened to in New York. They kind of, they started a movement. And I respect them 110% for it. Because, yes, Jay-Z rapped with Juvenile way before this album came out. But they really I f- embraced merging the sounds, you're saying? They merged both sounds together. Okay. And... The fact, and one of my favorite songs on this album is Body Body Part 3. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of the better songs on the album. And they took Master P's sound mm. and mixed it up with that New York street sound. I'll be honest. Like, and it was, and to me, that's what I like about this album is that mix of sounds the sampling they use is different. They created a sound that are being that they're respected for to this day. And yes, Cam wore pink and all that fun stuff and the way they were dressing. You're saying that it's more than like, it's more than just a trend. Like it became a trend. It's more of to a like these guys it's, again. It's more of a movement. And when you what I find when you listen to this album, you're like, there's more to it. It's more of the movement. That really grasps you. Yeah. But again, like the I Really Mean It song. That's a great track. 
produced by Just Blaze. Yeah. See, that to me is the standout. That pretty much sums up two discs of music for me. There's Kanye West production on it. Kanye West had just started with these guys, with uh, Rockefeller, with Jay-Z. Well, the connection was Dame, right? Yeah. And again, when we're listening to music, and I get your point of view, this can't compare to this, can't compare to that. But when I listen to this, it's what I want to hear, and I have fun with it. And the lyrics, especially Cameron, I'm going to be straight up with everyone. Cameron's rapping ability and punchlines and the way he the way he talks and how slick he can be on the song that's what I like with my MCs don't talk too much about him because we got to talk more about him yeah but I could be out of my mind no I mean look it's preference I mean trust me I'm you'll see where I rank this album I'm excited to find out I noticed uh, we did 10 group albums there's a group we didn't mention oh shit there's <laughs> there's a group we did not mention did we mess it up um I think they could stick around with us are we talking about the same group we're definitely talking about the same group they're a big group a group a, how many members can there be in a group for it to be considered a group I lost count I could say 8, 9 I think they've they've been 9 they've been 11 I think Redman's part of the group at some point, huh? <laughs> um, we definitely forgot about a group, but if you care what we have to say... If we didn't scare you off with this episode... Yeah, because let's be honest, I think this is the episode where we disagree the most. I think from, not, from here on out, there will be a couple of good discussions, but this is where we disagreed the most on a 10-album on a, on a discussion. Yeah. Next week's episode, we got Wu-Tang Clan exclusive episode, 10 albums, Wu-Tang Clan albums, <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan. Yes, Wu-Tang Clan is the group that we did not mention that we left a full eight hour episode <laughs> about. No, we're going to keep the same format. We're going to do yeah. 10, 10 albums made by Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang affiliates, Wu-Tang members, Wu-Tang. It's a Wu-Tang episode. It's, yeah. It, it, it's going to be fun because even in there, there's some albums that we don't feel fully aligned on. But, fuck, I can't wait to talk about those albums. It's going to be fun. Should we do it in order of a release or should we... Uh, we need to do it in order of release because... I don't think we need to do it in order of release. No, but I think I, we I know. think I think we need to do it in order of release because of the fact that how it started and how those albums were put into play. Mm. And how they focused on these MCs. I think we should do by we should try by member. Shit. Okay. We're gonna pull something out of our sleeves, so be sure to come back and hear it. That'll be the episode next week. Uh that's what we got now for groups. Let's do a quick recap. We got Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. De La Soul, De La Soul is Dead. Main Source, Breaking Adams. Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory. What's the other one? 
Then we went to Black Moon into the stage. Bone Tugs and Harmony, E 1999 Eternal. And we came back, we got the Fuji's the score. We have after that the Roots. Back to back. Ildel Half Life and the Roots Things Fall Apart. And finally, you go for it. That's your album. <laughs> Diplomatic Immunity. Diplomats. What's your favorite album of the time? Is that really a question you need to we be did asking last me? Week. Diplomats, diplomatic community. I came into this episode saying the La Soul is dead. I leave this episode saying low in theory. I knew it. Yeah, it's uh, it's that good. Hey, fuck, we like what we like, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, it is what it is. Yep. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to come check it out next week. As we said, Wu Tang episode. All things Wu-Tang. Eight hours long. See you then. Bye.